Okay. We're doing now the third essay in this final section of Tanya. And this essay is elaborating on concepts that were in chapters 39 and 40 of the original section of Tanya, where the author ever speaks of the various worlds that the souls ascend to because of their service of God. And the ascension is based on the intent at the time of the service. If the service was motivated by love and awe generated by contemplating greatness of God, intellectually created emotions, such service ascends to the world of creation, which is the world of intellect, the world of comprehension. If it's on a lower level, motivated by feeling one's natural love and fear of God, then it ascends to the world of formation, the world of emotion. But if the study or the service is not motivated by a real feeling for God, a love of God, a fear of God, if it's habitual, it doesn't ascend to the inner energy, the divine attributes of the world, as ascends what we were discussing previously. It only ascends to the external levels of the world where the angels are. And then, Altareva quoted Rav Chaim Vital, who's transcribing the teachings of the Arisa, of Gloria, who says that Torah study that's uninspired by intent creates angels in the world of formation, while commandments fulfilled without proper intent create angels in the world of descent. So what we see from this Kabbalistic quote is that even without intent, your Torah study rises to the world of formation. But, as we're going to see, prayer without intent doesn't rise, seemingly. And why is it then that if you do it right, if you have a proper intent, your Torah study or your prayer would both ascend to the same spiritual level? But if you're doing it wrong and you don't have intent, your Torah study still rises, but your prayer does not. Which we see... Um, that it says in various Kabbalistic sources that through prayer with intention, angels are created in the world of creation, just as when one studies Torah with the right intention. But without proper intent, prayer is repelled downward. And it says in the Zohar Parshas Bakude, we're going to quote this throughout this essay, this Zohar Parshas Bakude, that it goes to the lowest heaven. So prayer, where as so prayer, not as it should be, goes to the lowest heaven. These are called invalid prayers in the Zohar. But of course, if it's prompted, if it's elevated to the proper intention, then it goes to a very high level. So why do we have this difference between the Zohar in terms of prayer and the Zohar in terms of Torah study? So the Rebbe says it should be very obvious because Torah study is still studying Torah. You don't have anything wrong here. You're studying Torah, you're understanding Torah, you're learning Torah. We don't have the infusion of the higher spirituality of intention, of love and awe of God. But when you're still doing a very godly thing, you're studying Torah. And that's why it does ascend. And really, of course, there must be some natural latent love inside of you that we all feel, which is what's motivating you, as we'll discuss later, to do this good thing. On the other hand, what if one's studying Torah for a negative reason? Meaning you're utilizing the Torah for your own personal motives, for self-aggrandizement, 
for people to think highly of you, for you to gain a position. You're using Torah as a tool for yourself. Well, this now becomes a very negative thing because you are using the Torah, God's will and wisdom, as a tool for your own benefit. And such Torah study is stuck in this world. It's considered under the sun. There's a famous verse in Kohelet. What profit is there for men from all the toil they toiled under the sun? Which is not include Torah study because Torah is beyond the sun. But Torah studied in this fashion, negatively, for your own personal benefit, is stuck under the sun. What's making it anchored down here so firmly is the evil of your personal motive. And that evil fastens that Torah study to this world until one completely repents and removes all that evil. Now, if one prayed without intent, it doesn't mean I'm praying so people should think I'm great. What it means is I'm praying and I have alien thoughts in my head. I'm supposed to be praying because of the love of God and fear of God. At least I should be praying with a awareness of the meaning of the word. But if I pray and I have other things in my head besides prayer, then my prayer can't ascend. Again, it doesn't mean I'm praying for a bad reason. I know I'm speaking to God. I know I'm praying because God wants me to pray. So. There's a lot of good in this. But on the other hand, it doesn't have any force to ascend it upward because your thoughts were not at all in prayer. But because there's so much good in this, it is easily corrected because we are told in another Kabbalistic work that if you pray, even over a whole year, we gather together all the prayers that were prayed properly, we'll make piecemeal one proper prayer from all the prayers gathered over the year, and attached to these prayers will be all the other prayers that were empty. Meaning, if you said the Shema prayer, but you were thinking about something else, and the next day you said the Shema prayer and thinking about something else, and the next day you said the Shema prayer and thinking about something else, but then you said the Shema prayer correctly, all of your inappropriate Shema prayers are now attached to this godly Shema prayer, and they ascend with it. Because in essence, there's nothing negative in your prayer. It just doesn't have the power to ascend upward. But now, attached to your godly Shema prayer, it does. So, what we're saying here is that in a certain sense, Torah without intent is superior to prayer without intent because that Torah study creates angels in the world of formation. And prayer without proper intent isn't ascending. But if the Torah study is actually coming from something negative, like your own self-interest, it's much lower than prayer without intent. That doesn't have negativity in it. And therefore, such Torah study, when you're thinking of your own benefit, one needs to do a sincere repentance before it can ascend. But the prayer, without proper thoughts of God, can ascend when one prays that same prayer properly. So in that way, it's much easier for that prayer without intent to ascend as versus the Torah studied for negative reasons. But still, our sages advise us, even if you don't have proper intention, keep doing it. Keep serving God, keep praying, keep studying Torah, keep doing all the commandments, because we rely that all Jews in the end will repent, will serve God purely, and everything that they did inappropriately before still has some godly energy in it. It's still a godly act. And it will ascend when we repent, when we do it properly. Now, we're going to look at this quotation that we keep speaking about, the invalid prayer, which I told you was from Zohan Parshish 
And there it says that that prayer is repelled into the lowest heaven. So the implication of those words actually is it's rising a little because it's going to heaven, to the lowest heaven. But now this seems to conflict Zohar and Parshas Vayakel that says only if it's a proper prayer does it ascend to the heaven. So in the Zohar and Bakude it's saying it ascends to the lowest heaven. And the Zohar and Vayakel it's saying no. To ascend anywhere it has to be a proper prayer. But the Rebbe says it's not a contradiction because we're talking about two very different levels, even though we seemingly are saying the same word. The Zohar and Parshas Kude that we've been quoting throughout this essay is saying the prayer ascends to the lowest level of the lowest world. Sovereignty of the world of descent. In the Vayakhel piece, when we're saying you have to have some intent to ascend at all, what it means is to the divine emotive attribute in the world of descent. So they're both right. To ascend to the emotive attribute you have to have some intention. To ascend nowhere, so to speak, to the lowest level, sovereignty of the world of descent, you could do that without any proper intention, as long as, of course, there's nothing negative going on in your prayer, as we're assuming in this essay. So while we're saying this going nowhere, it is going to a heaven. Well, basically, the purpose of prayer is to change reality. The sick should be healed. The poor should have bounty. To change reality, it has to go higher than the source of reality. The source of creation is sovereignty. So if I'm told that my prayer without intention ascends to the lowest heaven, to sovereignty of the lowest descent, it's not affecting anything there because that's the source of this world. It has to transcend the source of this world, at least, as the other Kabbalistic source was saying, to the emotions of the world of descent, and there it could affect a change in our world. So yes, it goes somewhere, and yes, it goes somewhere very low among the heavenly stature, but because it's only going to the spiritual source of our own physical reality, it's not affecting anything. It's not changing our physical reality. And thus, truly, that ascension doesn't help us for how we need to be helped by prayers. And therefore, we do need intent for our prayers to ascend as we need them to. And then, continuing with other Kabbalistic works, it seems in this quote from Zoran Pakude that this invalid prayer when you pray it in other thoughts in your head, ascends to the first chamber, the emotive attributes of the world of creation, and then it's thrown down. So that would imply that an invalid prayer is going somewhere high, at least initially. But the Reverend said, no, again, that's not a conflict to what we're saying because we're just using the same word ascension for good and for bad. It also speaks about sins that ascend. So when you do something good in an ascend, that good deed you did is fusing with the godliness there and bringing godliness, adding to the godliness in the higher realm, bringing godliness down to our world, refining the physical, doing many good things. If a sin ascends, you're saying here this invalid prayer that ascends, the ascension is causing a blemish. So it's not changing anything we've said thus far. And this also connects, we could bring in like a, the Rebbe's bringing us to support this idea just again, that ascension could mean one thing one place and one thing someplace else, that it says in the Zohar that in the second chamber of the world of creation is where the garments that close the souls because of the performance of the commandments are found. Now, we could say, wait a minute. If one did a commandment with just a regular latent love of God, they would be in the garden of Eden of the world of descent. But in this Kabbalistic source, it's saying the soul goes to the world of creation to, a, to, a, to 
absorb that garment because of the commandment it did. And the Rebbe is bringing this in to support his point that ascension and ascension doesn't always mean the same thing. The commandment, because of that, you're going to the lower Garden of Eden. You're going in a different way to a much higher reality for the garment surrounding your soul. So in Kabbalistic works, it can use similar terms, but they can imply very different things. 